the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Well, we have made it to Holy Week, and yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh, that, that's the right spirit. Um, Christ enters into Jerusalem, to the Holy Land, and he uh, turns tables and um, eats a lot of food and is crucified. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but before we do that, I want to prepare you, or you've been preparing because you've been in Lent for 39 days now, and um, we enter into Holy Week as all the traditions before us have, and, and tomorrow, Tuesday, Spy Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, each Monday through Thursday, um, we will be doing virtual homilies. If you go on to our Instagram or website, You'll see there uh, Mandy, Denise, Ben, and Adam have worked on a virtual homily uh, for you guys to experience about eight minutes or so, and they're in the jungle, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, really, seriously, watch it. And uh, so that's for you guys. We want to walk with Jesus each day this week. We really want to be intentional about that. You started off right. Good job. Uh, and then Friday, I invite you to come join us for our Good Friday Resonant Service, which will be an opportunity uh, into a, an experience of Jesus that's meant to move beyond just your sort of psyche or reasoning skill sets and into your, the wholeness of who you are. And so I invite you to come join us for that. At that time, we will also begin our, um, just before that, our 24-hour uh, prayer uh, 24 hours of prayer. And so you can join us anytime from Friday evening all the way through Saturday evening on Holy Saturday for prayer here, whether it's the middle of the night or whatever, join us for that. In fact, there's spaces to fill up. Sign up still if you want to. You can bring others. If you like to, if, um, yeah, meet me here at like 3 a.m., I, I got you, okay? So come, come join us for that. And then, of course, for Easter, okay? Full week, but it's Holy Week, and it's a week we live in anticipation for. It's a big deal. Now, we just got done passing the peace of Christ. And the question that that stirs in me weekly and that Palm Sunday allows me to finally ask you is, do you really have it? Is the peace of Christ present in you, or is it something you have to keep finding somewhere else? Is, is peace something that you live in search of, or is it something that has found you and is beginning to take root in you in such a way that it is readily available? Or is the peace of Christ, or should I maybe even say maybe not the peace of Christ, but just some version of peace, more like a ping pong ball that's bouncing around? Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And I ask this because as followers of Jesus, as people who live under the rule and reign of King Jesus, peace is available to you in abundance. It is an objective component of life with God. It is not a come and go, up and down thing. But typically when we think about peace, we think of it that way. But today on Palm Sunday, I want to invite you to think, of peace is power. Peace is power. 
in us. Peace enables us to enter into all of life's ups and downs and be okay because existing in us is something that transcends all the other things. Now, I say that and I have to confess because I can't even say Hosanna out loud without first being honest to you that my peace comes and goes. I, I, I feel like I lose it all the time. When I need it, it's not there. When I don't need it, it is there. I find it in the wrong places. Because the truth is, the peace that I keep trying to get to isn't really the peace of Christ. It's some other peace. It's comfort. It's feel-goods. But I'm not sure it's Christ's peace. I can't tell you how many times I've just gone with the flow of things to keep the peace. Or did whatever everyone else was doing. Or how many times I chose not to stand up when I should have stood up because I didn't want to disturb the peace. Or how many times I've chosen not to participate in the wrong thing and then I did. Typically, I've cared more about what's going to be most comfortable in the long run. I want easy street. But we need a correction in our understanding of peace. If we think peace is something that we chase after to make every moment bearable, we've lost, it's, we're, we're not there. Peace is not an exit strategy or an escape plan or a new job or boyfriend or girlfriend, although some of you need new, things, new ones of those. <laughs> but that's not what brings you peace. It's not. Peace is something that God gives you, that manifests in you, and is immovable over time. The boat of peace doesn't get rocked. That's why Jesus in a boat, when everybody should be freaking out, is sleeping. If you've read that one. Look at all the stories of Jesus. In all the moments he should be having a panic attack, he is totally at peace. Because it's who he is. It's in his nature. It's not a commodity or attachment like a t-shirt. It's who he is. And that's what Palm Sunday brings us as disciples to. And I want to look at this passage through that lens as that's the appropriate traditional lens to look at it through. As they approached Jerusalem, this is in Mark chapter 11, verse 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage of Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, now I highlight, highlight this next line, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what are you why are you doing this? The Lord, just say the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. Now hear this. What the Lord needs from you is not the thing you would think he needs. If I was with Jesus and I was getting ready to enter into Jerusalem at my triumphant entry, okay, follow along here. 
You're a disciple. You're a close homie of Christ. He's getting ready to enter in. And this is his moment to shine. This is where victory and triumph happens. What do you think he's going to have you go fetch? What is it that he's going to send you to go get for him? A horse. A war horse. Preferably a white one. Or maybe I've seen the movies where they're, they're like riding in on elephants with the big, you know, those things, tusks. I couldn't find it. Or today, what would our victorious leader be riding in on today? Tank? Motor, somebody said motorcycle? Maybe. Maybe a plane? Helicopter, something super cool and tough looking. A Segway, totally. Okay, so back to the story now. You're with Jesus about to make the triumphant entry. It's been three years. You're just oh, so excited for this moment. And he turns to you and says, go get me a baby horse. Come on, go get the baby horse. Are you for real? Meanwhile, on the west side of town, Pilate has a war horse, and an entire parade of people are following him. He represents King Herod in this. And he's going to, listen, keep the peace. He's brought that kind of power to ensure that there is peace. That's how Pilate enters Jerusalem on the west. But Jesus enters on the east on a baby horse. And he says to you, in all the spaces of your life that you're entering into, where you think you might want to come from the west, right? I want to make sure I have power or status or I lean on appearances or whatever it is that you muscle up in order to ensure there's peace, the modes that we take. Jesus says, no. Instead of doing the thing you normally do, I want you to go find the thing that you've never done. That's why he says here, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Jesus says, go untie the thing in you that you've never let out. Go ride, rely, sit on the thing that you've never allowed to usher you into spaces where peace is required. Don't go the way you've normally gone. We're going to go this way instead. What the Lord needs from you is not your power. No. He invites you to instead surrender that kind of power in exchange for his kind of peace. And that peace is power, but it's of a wholly different kind. So verse 4, they went and found a cold outside in the street tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there, if I was standing there, I'd say this, what are you doing untying the colts? 
They answered as Jesus had told them, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Jesus didn't get on the tank, he got on the colt. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted. Now, they, they roll out the red carpet here. And they begin to shout out, Hosanna in the highest heaven. But by the end of this week, we know that they will be shouting something else. What will they be shouting? Crucify him. But those who are in fear shout out the appropriate thing. Those who don't have peace say the thing that you should say. Hosanna, which translates, save us in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and, excuse me, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He goes straight there. He looks around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now we know if we keep reading that he comes back to the temple the next day because his intention is to go there. And he's been on his way there, by the way, for three years now. It's important that we catch this. Jesus' entire ministry is a movement from the wilderness to Jerusalem. It's a movement from the manger to the colt, from the table to the cross. Jesus' trajectory the whole time as he comes and get, bears witness to us, is a movement from a place where you might think there is peace to a place where you would think there wouldn't be. He moves towards the cross, towards the darkness, towards the thing that we avoid. That's where Jesus is heading the entire time. He doesn't sway. Like, contemplate that for a second. That the king of the universe enters as a human and his decision as a human is to be on the road to the cross. Where are you headed? Is that a road that you find yourself on? Or have you done everything in the name of peace, to find another road, to look for another way. Your king, the one we confess, Lord, save us, takes one road, and he invites you to follow him on that road. That is your life. If you have confessed to have faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your life is one of surrender and death.
That's the road Jesus takes. So where are you heading? Now, it sounds terrifying unless you have the real peace that we've been talking about. I can't think of a single person who would stay on that road without wavering left or right with all the things Jesus faces. Think about it. Go back to the gospel stories. How many times was Jesus confronted? How many times would have you turned around? How many times was he abandoned? How many times did he combat the enemy? And he never sways. And the reason Jesus never sways from moving to the place you would think he would never go is because existing in him is a peace that can't be pushed around. It is a resilience because in his nature is a peace that transcends understanding. So what is it? What's your devil? What's your mountain? What's your scary road? What's your crucible disease? Whatever it is. You need peace for that thing. Or you will only try to go around it. Or turn the other way. You need a peace so that you can walk into that thing without leaning on the power of the world. Without leaning on status or appearance or whatever. You need a peace so that you can step into that appropriately and respond to it as it is. Jesus continues to head in the direction in peace. Jesus enters not to live but to die. He enters not from the west but through the east. He rides the colt, not the war horse. Jesus comes in such a peace that he's prepared to even die. He doesn't have to get out of that. Meanwhile, Pilate comes to show force so that we don't get any ideas about who's really in charge. To who is in charge? Who holds the keys to your peace? Again, if I'm honest, I don't often take that kind of peace. I don't often want to face my evils or problems. I enter from the West. I lean on the wrong kind of power. I want to control the outcome. Even occasionally, I'll look to Jesus to fix my problems. I'll try to wield him to, you know, bring me that comfort or temporary peace. Jesus doesn't come to solve our problems, but to show us how to enter into them. In peace. He doesn't show us how to keep the peace, but to have peace. He doesn't show us how to fix our problems, but to deal with them in ways that reflect the kingdom of God. 
The truth is you don't need your escape. You don't need things clean and tidy or figured out. You don't have to have your next move sorted. You don't need to be there or over there. You can be right where you are. What you need is the peace of God. The peace that Jesus goes to Jerusalem with. That's what Palm Sunday is. Jesus taking a stand for the kingdom, no matter what happens to him. He is here to confront the evil of the world with the peace of God. And he, he wants to do that every time, full stop. And he invites you to do it every time, full stop. There's no what if, but yeah, how about this scenario, situations where we exchange the peace of God for any form of violence or pick your strategy. I know, it's counterintuitive, but that's where true victory is. Because the only person who doesn't have to run is the one who's at peace. Because you can't take that. And that's why we sing Hosanna. Save us, God. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. You see, Palm Sunday today was the beginning of Passover. Passover for the Hebrews were when they commemorated their liberation from slavery from Egypt. They celebrated this week because of the deliverance that they had experienced, that, that, Pat, that, that their firstborn children were passed over, they were spared peace and yet where's jesus headed at passover he who is the firstborn will he be spared no jesus didn't need that kind of passover because he had the peace of god alive in him and because of that we now experience a pass sing of peace to one another so as we go into communion i want to invite us to recall not just that in passover christ comes and isn't passed over but he comes in peace and offers his peace to you through his body and through his blood it's available to you now. I encourage you to find a friend or a person or a group of people and to, again, pass the peace of Christ to them. As you take the body and the blood, you are taking in the thing that you need, the peace of God. I invite you to have that today. I invite you that whatever you're facing, God's peace is enough for that thing. And if, if you're saying, okay, but I'm struggling, come, pray. Let us pray together. Let us do battle together in the way of Christ. Let us proclaim peace to one another.
through the one who brings it through his own death, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you We thank you that you have chosen to do something in our midst that gave us the opportunity to change everything. God, I pray that today that we would have the strength and the humility to receive your peace as we partake in communion together. Bless each and every person as they eat of your bread, your body, drink of the juice that is your blood. May the peace of Christ be with us now.